It's Vancouver's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Good afternoon. This is Angela Faye coming to you today with Vancouver's podcast, a member of the Canada's Podcast Network. We're talking to entrepreneurs who are making it happen here around British Columbia, Canada. You can listen, discover, and engage. Today, we're talking to John Cooper of the Tron Cooper Group in Nanaimo. A little bit about John. Since fleeing the traffic and expense of Vancouver in 2007, John worked to build one of the island's best-known real estate brands, the John Cooper Group. Centered around technological innovation and providing not just hype, John's core purpose is to celebrate and share the rare kind of lifestyle that he's found on Vancouver Island. Affordable, community-minded, and close to spectacular natural beauty. So welcome, John. Welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time today to be here for all our listeners. Hey, Angie. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. Yeah. Tell us, uh, let's jump right in. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and uh, a few details on your current business. Sure. I was uh, born and raised not too far from here in uh, White Rock, British Columbia. Uh, both uh, my wife and I were born there. Our parents all still live there. I spent most of my time there. And then uh, in about, uh, I did a five-year stint in Kelowna. That's where I did my business degree. Moved back to the lower mainland. Realized that uh, big city life wasn't for me after getting a small taste of, the, uh, of small city life. Kelowna wasn't my ideal, but... Um, my wife suggested Nanaimo, having did a small stint at Mount Spina. So uh, I was like, great. Looked on Google Earth, saw the ocean, saw, the, uh, saw all, the green, all the green trees between here and the West Coast. I said I could make a living out of that. I hadn't really spent much time here. So we uh, packed up. Um, she was pregnant, bought our first house, and launched a uh, commission sales job. Very good. And uh, so give us some details about your current business now. Sure. So um, obviously, I was uh, April 2008 was when I was finally licensed. Not a great time to start a real estate career. Uh, but uh, thankfully, I had a background in internet marketing. And so I really went to work on that, started building uh, online lead generation funnels. And by 2010, I was a top agent at the downtown Remax office at the time. And within a few years, kind of climbed my way to the top of the uh, of the Remax Mountain and spent um, with the last five years running a top 100 team in Western Canada. Yeah, selling lots of houses, helping people, you know, realize their dream of living here on the island, which is obviously something we're super passionate about. Nice. John, did you need financing to, uh, to kickstart your company? <laughs> I wish. Uh, it would probably have been a smarter way to do it. But uh, no, I, I didn't. I, it was all bootstrapped. Uh, we had a small amount of savings, very small amount of savings. Um, I did, um, actually, I funded my company. That, that's a, I mean, there's a good story there, but I funded my company off of a, I ran a, uh, I have an MMA background. And so I ran an MMA show. I did four of those shows here in Nanaimo. One of them sold out one of our local arenas to about 3,000 people. And uh, that uh, that cash helped me start my start my company. Okay, now just for fun, for for the non wrestlers of the world, tell us what MMA stands for. <laughs> sure, MMA is mixed martial arts, so it's uh, you know also you know more commonly known as the UFC. That wasn't what I was promoting UFC, but the sport of MMA, which is which is captured in the in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. So I've been doing that on and off since about 
1999, actually. So literally, you, you ran an MMA event. It was profitable, and you used that to kickstart your company. I ran four events. Only one was profitable. The second one I did, um, we managed to have the right lineup of athletes, and the, and the timing was right. And, and uh, so, yeah, we sold 3,000 tickets. I had a business partner on that that financed it, but I did all the work. And walked away with my percentage, which was basically a backpack full of $20 bills, literally. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I used that money to hire a local company here, actually a company that's doing big things now in hired guns. It was right when they were just getting started. And, uh, and they built my first website. So I had a real vision for what that needed to be. And I worked that website hard uh, and was lucky enough that our industry was really transitioning online at the time. And so, you know, it was kind of right place, right time. And I literally launched my real estate career off the proceeds from, uh, from a mixed martial arts fighting event. (laughs) I love it. it. Hey, um, this might sound like an obvious question, but maybe not so much. So how do you currently make money in your business now? Is it just a matter of selling houses or are there multiple revenue streams? No, it's it's primarily uh, selling houses, and and I I always take a little bit of a different view on that. I you know I actually say, look, I don't actually sell houses; I sell representation, uh, and uh, so I sell agency representation. That's my product. I think a lot of our industry misses that, and that's maybe why they why um, you know it doesn't always have the best name. But uh, so I don't sell houses; I sell agency representation, uh, and that's that's the primary means of revenue for us. Now, now I do have a team, so I've got agents that, uh, that, you know, that I mentor and, and follow our core values and, 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 you know, are inspired by our core purpose to help more people do the things they love with the people they love and in a community they love, but it's essentially giving agency representation. That's our primary income. Nice. John, how big is your team? Um, so we da- we downsized a little bit in the last uh, 12 months because uh, our market volume's down, but I've got myself got a full-time uh, administrator, uh, communication coordinator, uh, and then I've got a listing, a soon-to-be licensed listing coordinator, and a full-time marketing manager. Fantastic. What's the long-term vision for the company and, and what will it look like in the future? You know, I think our vision for the future is to, is to re- just really consistently help, uh, you know, our goal is to consistently help uh, about 100 families uh, relocate to Vancouver Island and, and set up life here. And, and, you know, I think the long-term vision for us here is to have the point where, where we can do that so consistently and so efficiently that we're essentially, you know, taking reservations for that process. We, we one time we had uh, major growth plans to, you know, to franchise and and uh, but we've changed that a little bit to where we've got a really good crew here that are all just looking to, you know, make a good income living somewhere they love, and we feel like we can achieve that as a team to a way where we can all. Uh, you know, because life's short, man. And, and uh, you know, I don't want to spend my, my prime years where my daughters are eight uh, and 11 right now, uh, grinding it out, trying to build an empire. I want to I have some time here to enjoy the whole reason I moved my family here. Fantastic. It's location, 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 John. You know, you know it. You currently call Nanaimo home on Vancouver Island. Yeah. What are some of the biggest benefits to you being an entrepreneur here? Oh man. And I, I mean, I, you know, I mean, you're talking about something I'm extremely passionate about. I told you we ended up here by accident. So it's odd that I have such a love for this, for this part of the world, but 
you know, what's great about Nanaimo is it's the best of both worlds. I mean, you know, we've, we've managed to, uh, to, you know, build our, our real estate holdings to the point where we can, I can raise my kids in a nice home with a good, with a nice yard in a nice neighborhood. They can walk to school. You know, we don't have to, we, we put a very, uh, a very modest percentage of our income towards housing because it really is quite affordable. Even today, extremely affordable. And, uh, you know, and yet I've got the two greatest cities in, in British Columbia, in my opinion, Victoria and Vancouver. Uh, are right at my fingertips. And so, you know, I really look at uh, Nanaimo as the best of both worlds. I've got ultra convenient access to these incredible cities. And yet I can literally walk from my office in two minutes and be on the waterfront. And, you know, a 10 minute drive in the middle of summer, doesn't matter if it's a long weekend or not, go find a spot on, uh, on Nanaimo River or one of our lakes and more often than not have it to myself. So I don't think there's anywhere else right now certainly in Canada, where you can pull that off in the way that you can here. You know, if I want a million dollars today, I'm not moving. I'm staying right <laughs> here in Nanaimo. Okay. So, that, and that sounds fantastically rosy and, and uh, I happen to agree with everything you said. In your, in your sector or just generally, what are some of the tough things or the challenges for our listeners? You know, if they were to do business in this neck of the woods, what, what can our listeners keep an eye out? Sure. I mean, I mean, we've got challenges. I mean, our challenges are, you know, there's, I mean, we're, we don't have, have the, uh, the most diversified economy here. You know, we've, we, we've started to make uh, some inroads on a tech on in the tech sector. And I really think that's a lot, a uh, big part of where the future lies here. But, you know, the, the um, Islanders um, don't, there's not a ton of job opportunities. You really have to kind of make your own way a lot of the time. Um, one of the major economic drivers here in central Vancouver Island, I call it the RRSP drip. You know, we're all, uh, you know, we're basically living off of people that have retired here, slowly releasing the the money that they've saved up over their lifetime and moved from other parts of Canada or other parts of, of North America. And so, you know, it can be a challenge. You know, we've got uh, relatively expensive housing relative to income. Um, you know, I have some of my colleagues in the U.S. where they've got great jobs and everyone's employed and the average house is $250,000. And I can only imagine what our, um, our lead generation tools could do in an environment like that. So a big bottleneck to growth here is, is still affordability, despite us being one of the most affordable markets in Western Canada. And then, of course, you've got the ferries. So, you know, you hear about that a lot. And uh, so the ferries are a bit of a constraint to, uh, to business growth. And one of the main reasons why a lot of people often will, uh, will not consider living here is simply because of uh, mm-hmm. the perceived inconvenience. Mm-hmm. So knowing what you know now, how long you've been in Nanaimo or on the island for how long? I've been here 12 years now. 12 years. So knowing what you know now, if you were to start over again or suggest to people who are coming here to, to uh, either start over or expand a business, what advice or what would you share at, suggest that they do to, to, uh, as an entrepreneur just first coming to this region? Well, I think, you know, you really have to realize, you know, it, it's a, we have a small isolated marketplace. So I think you need to make sure, I, I, one of the biggest things that I see when I see people, and, and we deal with a lot of people that are relocating, maybe, they are, maybe they're heading into retirement and they're going to come over here and, and launch that business that they've always dreamed about. I think one of the biggest uh, challenges that I see here is so many of the businesses are undercapitalized. Uh, and, and they're undercapitalized to the point that they can't get past that threshold of success. You know, they can't, 
carry the business long enough to get it to the point where they can consistently build a market of repeat customers that's going to continue to do business. So they end up attracting a bunch of people to their door, but then they're not able to maintain uh, high enough staffing levels to give that consistent service experience that's going to lead to repeat business. And so mm -hmm. they can never get past that threshold of success. And so I think, you know, you, you really have to be prepared to subsidize your business for a few years at a high <laughs> operational level to get to the point where you've got people telling their friends, you've got to go there. And, and I think the big mistake we made is maybe having enough to get the people in the door, but not enough money to actually deliver at the expectation level that mm -hmm. consumers that have nowadays, particularly those coming from sophisticated markets. We've got you know, people coming from big cities and they want to live here and they love it here, but their standards for service levels and service experience levels are really high and they're not going to accept anything but. Switching tax a bit, John, you know, as Canadians, we, we keep exploring and as British Columbia, we're, we're world renowned as being super natural. You know, we all do some of our best work outside the office. Is there a place on Vancouver Island close to where you live or work where you love to explore, maybe in an outdoor natural setting to get recharged, inspired, or just to think about your business? Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many here. That's like that's where we're on steroids for uh, for that. I mean, there's so many. It's hard to pick, but we, you know, our family. We love going. I already mentioned it. We love going up to the Nanaimo River in the summertime. You know, I can check out of here at four o'clock and be out on that river, going for a beautiful swim by you know four twenty. Um, we also have a place on. Uh, recently, got a small little modest cottage on Thetis Island. So we've been spending. Uh, a lot of our summers there and, and uh, you know, a short boat ride from Shemanis, uh, get on that ferry and, and instantly decompress. So, I mean, those are some of the highlights, but honestly, you could spend a lifetime looking for cool spots to do what you just described. <laughs> Absolutely. Does it change with the seasons for you? We're, uh, we don't have extreme winters here or yeah. extreme heat, really. Um, what about a favorite winter place? Well, I mean, we love, we know Mount Washington. We've been spending uh, quite a bit, you know, getting up there a few times this year. That's a, that's a cool spot. Otherwise I just like, I like walking near nature. So like, and I like the energy of the water. So two walks that I really like to do. I love doing the cable bay, bay trail down to Dodd Narrows and just feeling the energy of the water rushing between the rocks there. That really gets me fired up or even doing a uh, winter walk along the Nanaimo river when the, when the water levels are high just that energy of the water raging along the rock, it gets me going. I, I just, I get, I get energy off that. And, and uh, so, you know, those are a couple of winter highlights for sure. Do you think entrepreneurs have to be weird or unique in a positive way? Or do you think they're wired differently? I, I think, you know, entrepreneurial ideas and the execution of entrepreneurial ideas requires a couple of things and, and that aren't necessarily always in abundance in, in, every, in the entire population. And that's, um, you know, having a real creative brain. So really being able to uh, look at things from, from different angles. And, and uh, you know, I, I won't use the, you know, outside of the box, but that's the cliche that comes to mind is, is just being able to just see things in a way that maybe the masses aren't have enough confidence in themselves to believe in those creative ideas that they actually see a vision for the future that those around them have not yet seen. And so I guess that might be a little crazy. You know, you're seeing things others aren't saying, seeing, you're having ideas that they're not, uh, that they're not tuned into yet. And, 
And I think that's those two things are really the start of an entrepreneurial venture. And then you need to be, you know, in a lot of cases, be prepared to take massive risks uh, and and get real comfortable with failure. And I think if those if those features aren't there, then you're probably better set for a career path that's going to give you more security. And so, yeah, you maybe have a disproportionate of uh, of slightly wild and crazy people. I love it. Creative confidence, risk takers. That's kind of what it describes a great group. Is there a, a book, magazine, maybe even a movie or TV series that you've recently watched or, or read as it relates to entrepreneurial pursuits? What jumps to mind? What have you learned from it? Would you recommend it to other listeners? Yeah, absolutely. There's, uh, there's books. So I'm more of a, of a quality over quantity on the, on the nonfiction. So I go through when I get a good one, I'll you know listen to the audio book two, three times and buy the hard copy and read it. And the two, they're sitting right behind me in my office right now. They're kind of rethinking the way that we do everything around here. And the one that I'm really loving right now, I'm on my, I'm into the hard copy after been through the audiobook three times now is Seth Godin's latest book, This Is Marketing. Um, I think he nails what, uh, where you're, and, and it's kind of rewriting. I have a marketing degree, but everything I learned is so no longer relevant. This book catches me up to the modern ideas of how to look at marketing. And then just on an, on an entrepreneurial operation, I used to really like this book called Scaling Up, The Rockefeller Habits. Now I've got this new one that a good friend of mine, Taylor Hack, turned me on. It's called Traction by Floyd Wickman, The Entrepreneurial Operating System. Those two books are having a big influence on how we operate our team here right now. And, uh, and we're diving deep on how we can and take the big lessons that those two books have. They're very formative books that I highly recommend both. Excellent. John, if you weren't doing what you do now, what else would you be doing? What, what, what profession or what, what career path would you be pursuing? You know, that's a good question. And I, and I do sometimes think about that. And uh, because, you know, real estate was kind of a, it made sense for me just because of my, my educational background and my experience. Uh, it made sense, but it wasn't like I grew up or, you know, when I grow up, I want to I want to run a real estate team. And so, uh, you know, I, and I still think I'm always looking for opportunity and, and still thinking about uh, where life's going to take me. You know, I, I guess if I was taking a more conservative career path, I've always said, you know, a dream job for me would maybe to be like the vice president of marketing for the ultimate fighting championship. You know, uh, obviously it's a sport I really love. I'm passionate about. I feel like I could, uh, I feel like I could hit it out of the park given the opportunity you know, that would be a cool thing. I don't know if I'd want to live in Las Vegas, but uh, so that might be the downside of that career path. But I feel like that certainly connects my skill sets in leadership and marketing with, with one of my passions, which is the sport of mixed martial arts. You know, I, I, I think, you know, outside of that, I think I would just be doing another, some sort of other entrepreneurial business in some yeah. other different <laughs> sector, doing a lot of what I'm doing right now, just in a different yeah. industry. Yeah. Day to day, Don, just you know, some inside tips, any offline or online tools that you use on a daily basis? Offline or online tools? Well, you know, I, I guess I have to, we, we do, I mean, I'm a big tech guy. I do a lot of, uh, a lot on my phone, but you know, I'm a, when I'm talking online, we are big proponents of all the Google infrastructure. So we mm -hmm. run, we run our business, we cloud, our, our company has been on the cloud essentially since I started. By 2009, I was like one of the first people running off of Google Apps. Uh, uh, and back in the day, I still got an old book around here that's no longer relevant. But, you know, so we use all those tools, Google Calendar, Gmail Drive, 
uh, Google Keep. That's just, that's really our operate, our technical operating system. And I look at like our, we've partnered with the world's largest technology company and, and uh, those are tools that we use every day. Fantastic. Do you have a specific uh, day-to-day routine or ritual that either starts your day or ends your day to keep you motivated and energized? Yeah. I mean, I've got, so my weeks are pretty consistent now. And now that I'm, um, you know, in my early forties, I'm finding uh, these patterns of uh, day to day are really held pretty strong now. And and so we, uh, you know, I work out with my marketing manager most mornings. So three mornings a week, we're doing that. Um, So we're just going and and, uh, maintaining our fitness levels. I love starting my day in that way. And then the other two days a week, I attend, um, one, a business mastermind group and, and a networking group just to really get my creative mind going first thing in the morning. And that's been kind of our consistent routine now for, uh, for quite a long time. And it's, you know, pretty predictable, but that's, uh, that's how I like to start my days. Does anything keep you up at night? For sure. Everything keeps me up at night. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, I'm definitely, uh, one of those guys that uh, has to really uh, calm my mind uh, before bed. I, I lay there and, and I really start going a mile a minute. So, you know, and, and what am I thinking about? Uh, you know, it's like any entrepreneur, you're, you're thinking about, you know, am I even the right guy for this job? And, and uh, you know, and I, am, am I going to be able to keep doing this for another decade? Or, you know, what, what impact is this going to have on my family? And all the things that I think every entrepreneur stays up uh, at night thinking about and and I don't think I'm any different. I think, you know, you have good days and bad days. And and, uh, thankfully, actually, one of the apps, since we're talking about apps, is I use this uh, app called Calm. uh, And it tells like um, stories, like bedtime stories for adults. And they're not like R-rated. They're just like an adult uh, bedtime story. And this lady talks to me in this super soothing voice and I'm out like a light when, uh, when I'm having trouble sleeping using that tool. Excellent. What are three things on your inspired life list? What, are, what is the list of things to do? Like publish a book, do a TED Talk, climb Everest. What's on your list, John? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a good question. I, I, um, I like presenting. So I'm, I liked, I'm one of these weird guys ever since I was a kid. I love public speaking. Um, I absolutely love it. So Sure. You know, I think one of my absolute uh, want to do's is to, uh, is to, you know, is to take some, I, and I do some speaking to real estate to groups in, in, in Canada, particularly Western Canada. I'd like to do some larger events. You know, I'd love to speak to a room of, uh, of a few thousand uh, realtors or anyone for that matter. I, I really enjoy public speaking. So I'd love to do some large scale public speaking. You know, on, on the hobby side, I still do on the MMA side. I referee. I referee um, MMA all over the province. I've judged for the UFC when they come to Vancouver. I still have yet to referee in the UFC. It might. I, I think it will happen, uh, but it hasn't happened yet. So that's definitely on my, on my bucket list as well. And, and uh, both of those, I, I believe I will achieve. <laughs> Very good. John, is there any advice that you've received from a mentor or, or uh, a guru from your perspective that you can pass on to other entrepreneurs throughout British Columbia? Yeah, I've, there's, I've got lots uh, of that. I've had some really good, really good mentors in, in my life. It's something I'm one of these guys that wants to constantly you know, be investing in my, in my mind. And so I, I make sure that I always have a steady supply of that. And you know, the, the advice that got me through that 2008 
crashed real estate market, moved the family, bought a house, child on the way, what have I done moment? How is this going to work? Uh, and even driving me today as I've shifted uh, my business, I, you know, I left Remax after, after 11 years with them. I've partnered with a new technology company in eXp. And the, the quote that keeps me going that makes sure that I'm keeping my eye on the prize is that people consistently overestimate, and I don't know who the quote came from, but uh, people consistently overestimate what they can accomplish in one year and consistently underestimate what they can accomplish in 10 years. And that quote right there has got me through a lot. Fantastic. And just a little bit of fun uh, for us, John. Uh, yeah, let's just pretend we're on a small tropical island. Let's say let's Fiji. There's a phone booth, absolutely zero internet. So we're not connected there. We're going to drop you off. Uh, you won't have a computer. Of course, you can use the phone booth if you need it to uh, call a boat. How long would you last on the island before you made the call? And what would you do while you were there? So sorry, the phone's there so that I could call for help. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. You can get off the island by making a phone call. Oh, how man. Long would you, how, would, how long would you last in, in isolation without uh, you know, being connected to the internet? What would you do? Oh, you know what? That sounds like a dream. Can I do that, <laughs> can I do that now? Uh, I would last a long time. I mean, I, uh, you know, we talked about that crazy confidence of entrepreneurs. And, and uh, you know, I, have a, I, I believe that you could put me in a, in a spaceship and drop me anywhere on the planet uh, with just me and maybe, uh, you know, a, a pair of shorts and a t-shirt uh, and I'm going to be just fine. In fact, I would sign me up. Uh, I, I, would, I would love to put myself through that challenge and, uh, and I feel like I would do extremely. I'm also a huge Survivor fan too. So this is like combining some things like I would I would love to test myself in that environment and I think I would crush it, but who knows? <laughs> awesome. John, how can our listeners get a hold of you? Well, I, I am in real estate, so I'm very easy to reach. Uh, you know, we've got our, our, our most uh, productive web property is, uh, is our website at coopergroup.ca. Uh, I'm on um, Twitter and Instagram as Island Agent. And, uh, and then of course, uh, you know, on Facebook as John Cooper or our real, or our real estate focused uh, Facebook page is, is, uh, if you search for the John Cooper group on Facebook, you'll find us there. Fantastic. John Cooper, friend, bud, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, learned a little bit more about you and how you'd survive in Fiji. I'm sure our <laughs> listeners have enjoyed uh, your time with you. Cool, Angie. Thank you. Thanks so much. Here we are on Canada's podcast, talking to entrepreneurs who are making it happen here around British Columbia, listening, discover, and engaging. 